This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. We are talking about Jessica Simpson's open book. I guess in our, well, it's not our first, but it's the first time we've acknowledged this is a pop nonfiction women venturing into the nonfiction world. Yes, and it's, it's got a gossipy feel at times, yeah, a little yes. juicy. No, yes. right? but she does she yes. does get deep. You're absolutely she does. right, but, but she it's does. fun. Yes, exactly. I accidentally read this book, really. I am a big utilizer of the New York Public Library system. And there is a whole system behind the New York Public Library. I mean, I could go, I could probably do an entire podcast, do an entire series of podcasts on how to work the New York City library system. But what happened was I saw this book and knowing what I know about how holds accumulate, I put this book on hold very early. I didn't know if I would read it or not, but I just wanted my place in line. I was very early in the queue. I think I was number three or five. So I knew I'd be getting one of the first copies. Then as the press started for the book, I wasn't in love with anything that was coming out. I was like, ugh, this doesn't sound that interesting. I don't know if I really want to read this. And I almost didn't pick it up. But it just so happened to be that I had some other holds there at the same time. So I did get it. And I started reading it one night and I'm like, oh, this will put me to sleep. I don't know why I had all these terrible preconceived notions about this book. But I would I did. have too. Honestly. Okay, good. Okay. I, I would have. Yeah. So And I don't dislike her, neither no, do you. No, that's we right. Watch newlyweds and I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan, but I, I don't know what it is either. I just would have thought like, uh, eh, what does she have to say? I don't right, know. Right. Right. I I don't know either. And I do read some celebrity memoir. I, yeah. I guess not a lot. I guess maybe that was part of my prejudice because I've read Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Busy Phillips. I guess I like smart, funny women. And it's a very specific genre of memoir that I will read. And Jessica really didn't fit that mold in my mind. Anyway, I started it one night and I was like, oh, this will put me right to sleep. Meanwhile, hours later, I can't put it down and I'm like tearing through the book. She really comes out swinging, right? Yes, yes. The first... She invites you right in. She does invite you right in and signals to you this is not going to be some light memoir. She says she was approached to do a very different kind of book. She was approached to do a motivational manual telling you how to live your best life, right? Because she was doing well with her clothing line and her shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, She had delivered the keynote at Forbes Power Women's Summit and Women's Wear Daily she says, you two could have the perfect life like me. But then she walked away from that deal. And she says she knew she needed to write a different book. And this is right on page five. Again, she says, up until a few years ago, I had been a feelings addict. Love, Mm -hmm. loss, whichever, whatever, as long as it was epic. I just needed enough noise to distract me from the pain I had been avoiding since childhood. The demons of traumatic abuse that refused to let me sleep at night. Tylenol PM at age 12. Red wine and Ambien as a grown, scared woman. 
Those same demons who perched on my shoulder and when they saw a man as dark as them leaned into my ear to whisper, just give him all your light. See if it saves him. Wow. I, I mean. I love that. I love that. Yes. It's so good. And she does have a ghostwriter who clearly really helped elevate this book. But it's all her stuff. It's all her, you know, thoughts and experiences Mm -hmm. and she's I mean she's thinking those things yeah and she's been journaling since like 15 so this is a person who's been you know expressing their feelings through writing for a long long time so and now has been through so much therapy yes that's I'm sure a lot of this is is her own words maybe polished up by somebody else yes exactly just taken to the next level because the other thing with this book I mean, it's 400-something pages. 30 of which are her acknowledgments. I've never seen such long acknowledgments. It's like she's writing a letter to every one of her friends and anyone who's ever helped her. And her kids and her husband. (laughs) Yes, it's Yes, yes. But by the way, I I mean, I read those like they were part of the book. No, completely. Yes. They were the most, I think, one of the most interesting acknowledgments I've ever seen. I've ever seen. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Which, again, just... The theme throughout this episode will be how surprised we were, right? That, I I mean, this isn't even just surprising for Jessica Simpson, whatever that means. It's a loaded phrase. But this is meaty for any kind of celebrity memoir. That someone who is not in the business of, like, say, maybe a Glennon Doyle, who's in the business of kind of dismantling her life and, and, Self-help and yes, self-empowerment exactly. and all of that. She makes a living doing that. Exactly. And that is not Jessica Simpson. And No, so, I literally took screen... Because I, I was reading on my uh, Kindle or my yep. iPad, whatever. I took a couple screenshots and sent them to oh, my yeah. friends. And like I was yes. like, am I... Am I really, if I told you these words were written by Jessica Simpson, I mean, you would think these were like so profound and words of wisdom that I would dog ear if it was a paper copy, but instead I'm highlighting. I think I should be listening to Jessica Simpson. Is this crazy? Um, It's it's not. You know, I kind of forgot I was reading a library book because it was a a first edition. I had gotten the very first copy that was like out there. Mm -hmm. So it had never been read before. And I was dog-earing pages left and right. And I was like, at the end, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> this like, is... Oh, I've ruined this book <laughs> yes. for the next user. Yes. Although I just I just flattened them out and, you and know, marked all the pages. Yeah. But the, and it, there are so many of these, I do think, really vulnerable or profound parts. But it's a great mix, though, too. Of yes. The A little, like I said, gossip, the stuff on... The boys, as we're going to call them, or the men that have been in her life. She's, as you can imagine, it's got her trademark, you know, humor about herself. Yes. You know, it's it's a really good mix, I think. Yeah. So she starts out talking about her rock bottom, right? She pretty much just comes right out with a Halloween one year and the intervention that some of her friends did. Well, she sort of precipitated an, an, an intervention that they had been wanting to do for some time, mm-hmm. right? And she sets the scene. It just, I mean, this is when you know you're reading Jessica Simpson. You're not reading some self-help book. You're not <laughs> reading, right? Because she's talking about how she flew in two hairdressers from L.A. to put extensions in her hair she flew a colorist from Brooklyn to do her highlights 
This was for like her family's Halloween party. She's and got a lot of over the top moments though. Yes. I think that is her. But that's her personality. Her yes. 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 And so she's setting the scene. She's got foil in her hair. She's crying. Mascara's running down her face. And one of her friends says, Here, I have a doctor on speed dial. Like, let's start this process. And it, she just sets the scene so perfectly and you're like wow this is she's gonna go there <laughs> so the first section we're gonna talk about the bombshells that she drops in this book first because there's a lot of them and well, some of them the one you just said yeah, I mean yeah. yeah oh yeah right right from the I start had no idea yeah that her drinking was that much of an issue I'm not sure I knew she even had a I didn't know she had a a drinking issue I did not either it was not just drinking it was drinking it was Ambien it was Xanax I mean and she talks about during stimulants yes that's right yes to Uh to lose weight and oh my gosh diet pills right yeah it was a lot it was that was shocking 7 a.m. Before in her, her daughter's rehearsal. I in mean, her glitter cups. Yeah, she, I love that yeah, she had like she a name for it. Her glitter cups. That's crazy. Yeah, like basically she needed a drink every morning to combat the shakes. I mean, yeah. that's, and to get through the day. I mean, yeah. that's, that is certainly something I had no idea about. None. No idea. Yeah. Um, and even when, I guess she was drunk on Ellen that one time, but I didn't see that. But I didn't. people didn't realize that that's what it was at the time. Yeah. And then, oh, the Dolly Parton yes. tribute, that too. Mm-hmm. She screwed up some big time stuff just being drunk out of her mind. Yeah, that was a big bombshell to me. There, her whole, you know, dependency on alcohol and other things. It was, was big. It was huge. She didn't get arrested or it, it kind of the, again, the more typical self-help, you know, rock bottom, right? Mm-hmm. But... Those were pretty, I mean, Ellen does not mess around. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, no, you know, no. she, you can't come on her show drunk. I would have been scared. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched it. Did you go, did you no, watch I, it? No, I didn't I go did. back. Yeah. I watched it. And it was, was it bad. tense? Was it yeah, tense? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, it made no, yeah. she made no sense. Oh, geez. I went um, back to look up a lot of things after that I, that I forgot about. That I, I sort of knew at the time. You did. Yeah, I did. Like that's the, the mom jeans. We'll get to that. But I, oh, I wanted to see that picture again. So yeah, I-, I did go back and watch some clips from Newlyweds, which was really hard to watch. She kind of got away with a lot for being quote unquote like ditzy, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that masked a lot of the drinking and you know just how she was coming off that people didn't expect a lot from her, but. I had no idea, no idea. And this has been years. I mean, I know she's talking about her rock bottom even after she had kids. But then, I mean, it goes back to John Mayer. The moment of clarity was, it's on page 289. And she's talking about how she screwed up a recording with John Mayer that she was planning to do. She says, I could have had, oh, the song. She's talking about the song. It could have had new life. And I let the drinking get in the way. I let my fears get in the way. I used my drinking to cover my fears. I realized it in that moment and I let it pass. Owning my faults is an easy thing for me. Learning from those realizations and breaking the cycle of making the same choices. That's the work. Oh, yeah. I I had that quote written down. Yeah. That's like a words of wisdom right there because that could apply to anybody about a lot of things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and... 
I, it just really struck me because there isn't that place in alcoholism right right now. Like I don't I don't really hear that dialogue because there are some people like like me. I know I used alcohol to mask a lot of things, but I'm not an alcoholic in that way. I you know I don't need to abstain from from alcohol to have gotten myself together. The work was really about breaking cycles and not falling into patterns, which is an addict mentality, which I have as well. But it's not even the substance. It's the it, it really is the brain patterning is that's the real problem. Right. And that was just really interesting to to hear kind of the way she framed it. Again, definitely the result of a lot of therapy on her part and a lot yeah. of she talks about reading so many self-help books but that was just really interesting to me yeah and she says she's not an alcoholic yeah she does not consider herself that is that you think because she's again we we don't need to debate the the definition because I, mean, yeah. I still don't know it but yeah but she just accepts that she has an addictive personality and so and she knew that her relationship and what she was using alcohol for was not helpful or healthy right so she doesn't need to call herself an alcoholic I yeah guess. I, I guess it doesn't matter you well I don't I, I I mean I can't speak for her but for me again it's it isn't that substance you know an addict will stop drinking but then they will you know obsessively eat or yeah, you're right but mm-hmm. but some people I I do think some people need to stay away from the substance that the substance automatically triggers something in them that makes them become out of control. For me, it was the other way around. It was once I got my fears, my shame, my whatever I was carrying my uh, like under control, I can drink and it's not gonna spiral out of control. But Mm. I do often say I have an addict brain. It's the brain patterning for that that is the problem. So I agree. I wouldn't call her an alcoholic as well. I think the alcohol came as a way to cover up something else. And that was what she needed to break. And that was what she said. Learning, you know, the cycle of making the same choices, breaking that, that's her work. And I get that. That's, yeah, that's very interesting to me. Yeah, she had to deal, you're saying, with the underlying mm-hmm. shame and issues of some things we'll talk about, too, that were yeah. Real. And that those that the alcohol or that substance was just really to deal yeah. with those things. And once she dealt with those through therapy and whatever, the alcohol wasn't really the issue. Yeah. 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 And and it doesn't necessarily trigger I maybe it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing because mm-hmm. again, for me it was the whatever my underlying feelings of shame or trauma or whatever it was that was driving me to drink to not think about them and to escape from them. That the alcohol, once I had, you know, I'm not healed or fixed or whatever, but once I had addressed those things to some degree, the alcohol doesn't trigger behavior for me anymore. It doesn't bring it. And for some people, it truly does. So they cannot go back to alcohol recreationally. That that one sip actually does do something in them. It triggers, yeah, a whole cycle of behavior. But that wasn't it for me. And I would guess it's not for her as well. Yeah, it seems like it's not because it didn't, at least she doesn't express any real difficulty in in stopping. Right, no, no. It doesn't seem like... No, and she's she, and she was mad at it. She said she was yeah. mad at alcohol after that because she felt like it was numbing her from yes. experiencing her own life. So she was. It seems like she not only is it not hard for her to stop. She she's like 
pissed at alcohol. Yeah, no, I get that too. Which, and uh, her husband stopped when she stopped, which was which was really sweet. She says there's no Hallmark card for that, but that is uh, one of the greatest acts yes, of love. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So what other bombshells do we have? I think the sexual abuse was the another big yes. one that I had no idea about. No idea, no. So, yeah, she reveals that the daughter of a family friend was abusing her when her parents brought her for overnight stays for about six years uh, yeah. before they would go to sleep and she would, you know, touch her. Uh, yeah. And she was an older girl and she never told anyone for a long yeah. time. And she says, which I thought was really interesting she said why am I not telling anybody is it because mm -hmm. it feels good mm -hmm. the irony is that I was protecting my abuser I thought if I named what she was doing she would feel the shame I felt and I wouldn't have wished that on anybody oh so crazy oh and then the she way... said she yeah she yeah. said she came to understand sex and my body solely in terms of power or in this mm -hmm. case lack of power I was just going to let her do whatever it was she wanted to do because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. Mm -hmm. Which really, I think, gave her some trust issues clearly going yeah. forward. But that was that was also what caused her to have, which still goes to this day, a fear of falling asleep and insomnia. Mm -hmm. and Because that's when it would happen, right? When yeah. the lights went out, when it was yeah. time to go to bed. And she... Yeah really to this day has trouble falling asleep she says even with yeah. all the therapy yeah yeah that's not yeah it's not something you, you can easily shake and her thought process be behind not saying anything it, it proved to be right when she did say something she did not get a great response no. which is just sad yeah I mean her parents never brought her back there which I think yeah. was just their way of dealing with it but there was no discussion about it or no thought to get her therapy or counseling yep. or to yep. talk about it it was yeah. just removing her from the situation thank God but right. yeah. not dealing with the long term effect of that yeah yeah which <sighs> yeah I know that was hard and she also talked about she would freeze this is not a situation that you think you're going to fight somebody off this is not a you know, kind of that situation and how, but that how that kept happening to her when she would get in a situation where she was uncomfortable and didn't know what to do. Oh, she yeah. would freeze. freeze. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very common too. That's just becomes your response. That was just how her body reacted in those situations. Yeah. And then also how it was her instinct to protect Ashley. Yeah. And yeah, that was tough. Mm -hmm made sure that she always slept between them yeah she never wanted to happen to her little sister. yes i know that uh, was nice yeah i mean sad, it's though. heartbreaking Jesus. yeah but it is just crazy the way instinct kicks in and i'm glad she's talking about it because i do think there needs to be more discussion about what the real quote-unquote real reactions are to those kind of things and and you know, you hear a lot of like how you're supposed to react, how you, and it's the same. Taylor Swift talked about it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how it's you're supposed to re react. And it's not often that way. And there's a variety of ways people tend to react and, or, or their instinct kicks in with a different message. And also, oh yeah, yeah no. And, and I, I'm glad that that's part of the conversation. I also thought it was interesting that it was a girl and mm. I wonder if her parents would have had a different reaction if it was an older boy 
huh. we've been doing that to her. I don't know that they minimized it somehow. That, mm. Oh, I don't know. She doesn't share. Yes, you she know, doesn't anything yeah. of what her parents said. They really didn't say anything. Right, but. It's just, to me, made the dynamic, I don't know, interesting. Maybe because she points out that at one point she did actually confide in a friend in high school. Oh, that was horrible. Ugh, and all the girls on the cheerleading squad that found was out. And they called her a lezzy, a yes. lesbian, and said she liked it. And that so maybe terrible. that made me think of the fact that it was another girl. And then, of course, you find out that the girl herself was being abused by an older boy. And so she does seem to have some... At least I would say for maybe it's forgiveness or understanding of what that girl was going through at the time she was doing it to her, mm, yeah. which I thought was pretty evolved of her. Yes. As well. well, yeah, she's she's doing the work. She, she's she doing the work, definitely right? Doing the work. Yeah. What else do we have for? I mean, these are much lighter, a little bit like the Mickey Mouse Club stuff, yeah. which should just be pure, you know, just gossipy, fun stuff. But it surprised me so much was how much Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera really kind of haunted her forever, yeah. like yeah. throughout her career. Like I always knew that the three of them had kind of come up in pop stardom at the same time and yes. were always being compared with each other. That I remember in real time. But I and I always knew that Britney and Christina had been on the Mickey Mouse Club together. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that I knew that that Jessica Simpson had in fact tried out at the same time as them. I did not out know. To right, those exactly. Two, right, right. I did so that's not. when right. So that's when they're kids. She they're already yes, yes. pitted against each other, yes. and she's like nobody knew any of them at that point, and she loses out to those two. Then. She finally gets a record deal at the same time those two do. And at her, you know, A&R meetings and when she's signing with Tommy Mottola, everybody's talking about all this girl Britney and this girl Christina. And then Mm -hmm. they come out at the same time and they go the more tart kind of sexy pop route like genie in a bottle. Yeah. Hit me baby, baby one more, one more time. time. Mm-hmm. And so then they're looking at her like you got to be like them. So again, she's just constantly being compared to them. And she that wasn't her thing. I mean, she was a Christian no. singer yeah. with unfortunately the body for that, but yeah. didn't want to use it that way. Right. And then just this now it just keeps coming back just throughout yeah. life. I just feel like those two keep haunting her and. Then she hooks up with Justin Timberlake, yeah. who she also met on the Mickey Mouse Club after yes. she gets a divorce. And he's like, I got to call Gosling about I Ryan Gosling because they had a bet who could hook up with her first. first so yeah. I just I just the, all of that Mickey Mouse Club drama yeah, was she, fun for me. And she did not she did not hold back. She no. added every detail that she could remember or that was accessible to her. Uh, she wasn't worried about. Justin I I did think that did not paint Justin in a very good light no of course not and and did she have to note like well actually she was really more into Ryan Gosling like she sort of like disses dig oh she took some digs throughout this whole thing right at at a bunch of people sometimes it was just like a biting comment like that like I liked Ryan better anyway it was uh yeah that was interesting I liked that. By the way, um, that's very cancer-ish. So she's a cancer. Right. And that's Jessica. my last bombshell here, which yeah. maybe again, not a bombshell. What? I'm just so surprised by her, like I said, her words of wisdom, but also how 
sort of woo-woo she is and into yeah. astrology and spiritual. And she says that Simpson women are always a little witchy. Mm. Like they're really intuitive, which mm. by the time I get to the end of the book, I, I actually believe that Yeah, but about her. But I don't know. I, again, I was surprised. I know that, that part did not surprise me. I don't know why. Well, yeah. maybe I do know why. I My mom is also a cancer like her. And my mom and I, in fact... I don't even have to perpetuate it anymore. My husband just says it all the time now. It's like how me and my mom are witches. Like, oh, so that has always so been a theme for do you realize yeah. this is OK. Now, now this is just getting weird. Corinne, OK. Remember on a prior episode, we realized that both our moms were cancer. Cancer. I don't yes. think we knew before. We did not. OK. <laughs> through, and- through all of our years of friendship. Okay, and now this witch thing, also never knew. We've been saying that about my mom and someone about me forever, too. Oh, my god! Did gosh, not know that about you. so and funny. she went to Salem State College, my mother. Okay. Which is the where yeah. the witch trial was yes. in Salem. Yes. So for years, that joke, we joked, like, and did you also get, like, your witch That's what she learned. There? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. like, did you fly out on your broomstick? Your, like, oh, that is so funny. Oh, my wow. mom. My mom pulled out some real doozies though. I remember my best friend uh, in high school, she showed up at my house one day and my mom opened the door and let her in and closed the door. It was nothing, nothing out of the blue. But then later that day, my mom came up to me and she was like, I won't say her name because I don't, I don't know how she feels about it. She was like, she lost her virginity. And, oh, she, it, oh. and it was true. It was true. Yes, she had. Yes. My mom just knew it by looking at her. Now, my kids say this about me now. Now, my kids are very little. So compare. I mean, we're not talking about anything like that. But they will say things like, do you have eyes in the back of your head? Or how did you know that? Or you couldn't possibly see that. And that's just kind of being in tune with my kids. Yeah, but Corinne, but, uh, yeah. not you've done this to me. Oh, I yes. Mean, so, okay, so where yes, I'm like, right. how did you know this? And you're like, oh, I, th- I oh. just knew that. I'm like, right. no, no really, yes. how did you know this? Okay, well, there you go, see? So you're, so, you're witchy. Yes. I have one more about, I, this, this wasn't a bombshell in one aspect. So this is on page 177 when she's talking about losing her virginity on her wedding night. Yeah. Now, obviously, everybody knew about that, so it wasn't, you know, that wasn't the bombshell. But the bombshell was, I thought, her honesty about it. She says, I built up the anticipation in my mind that the first time I had sex with my husband had to be this transcendent experience where the heavens parted. What I didn't know then is that everyone's first time is awkward, and that's part of it. And that's okay, but at the time, it was tough to understand. I had joined a long line of virgins in my family who said yes to forever for that one experience. And I was like, that's a really interesting perspective. That's a lot of pressure to put on one night or one... But but to admit, like, it's just kind of awkward. And then how confusing that might be if you waited and you think it's this thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, that was kind of weird and I don't know and yeah and even if you've heard that before which I'm sure she had it's couldn't have been the first time she heard that you know first times can be awkward or whatever yeah but I still bet there was a part of her that thought 
is well, going to be magical and perfect. And mine's yes. going to be magical because I yeah. waited and it's with the yes. person I love. And you I people had those awkward that. experiences because you were in the back of a car. I exactly. In the basement. Exactly. Yeah, I think she thought. Right. She's going to be in a hotel room in her honeymoon mm-hmm. suite. And yeah. yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And that was just, I thought that was pretty big of her to admit. Well, the whole virginity thing, I guess maybe one other surprise. I knew she was the daughter of a pastor and I knew religion played a you know a part in her life I think in reading this I was surprised by how how religious she was not Mm. just was maybe is and right yeah how much religion was woven through this yeah there's a lot of scripture cited yeah she was in youth groups yeah I mean yeah it was in there. I, that did not surprise me. I, just being from Texas, being... I guess, but I would have thought now with her glamorous Hollywood life, it would have beat out of her a little bit, but it no. seems like it's still there. It like, does. A lot. Yeah, and we'll talk more about Eric later, but he's super spiritual. spiritual. I, he is not religious, but, but spiritual. And you know, it's funny. I think this about me. I'm not very religious, but... I do find it, especially now that my kids go to Catholic school, mm-hmm. but I do find, I think maybe some people are just born believers, whatever that means. Like, yeah. And I think I was kind of born a believer and that I do, as much as I'm also a control freak, I do put a lot of stock in faith and intuition yeah, and yeah. signs mm-hmm. and, and, and they do go together. Yeah. You know what? I lied. I said I had, I was done with the bombshells, but I had one more. Again, not a huge, actually, I don't know. This one was kind of a bombshell. So I was kind of shocked by when she admitted her mommy issues, right? Mm, um, I can't get past the daddy issues, but yes, I know. Okay, well, the there's, so many. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many. So this is on page 360. She was talking about when her parents got divorced and she mm-hmm. chose, she, she chose her mother over her father, at least for the, for a certain period of time, she really felt she had to strongly kind of let her father out of her life. But at that same time, she says, when I chose to see my mother over my father, I also felt the lightest barrier forming between her and me. It was self-protection. She was hurting, and someone who's read as many self-help books as I have knows, hurt people hurt people. She would say something cutting to me, and I would later turn it over in my head like a puzzle. It took me a long time to realize that when she did that, it was because she didn't like herself in that moment. She didn't want to make me cry. She only wanted to take me to the same dark place where she was. And it's really interesting to me because that, and this is something she doesn't really connect in her book. So it was surprising because we know she's very close with her mom. We have lots of discussions where that's a double-edged sword, but... What was surprising to me and what I didn't feel like she really connected was that's the pattern she does in a lot of her relationships. Mm -hmm. She talks about how Nick, you know, would say cutting things to her and John Mayer did the same. She accepts that she contributed to those relationships being negative or toxic or bad relationships. Right. But she doesn't give them the same grace. And I'm not saying she has to, but I but I was like when I read that her mother would say something cutting to me and I would later turn it over in my head like a puzzle. I'm like, that just reminds me of everything she talks about, both Nick and John Mayer. 
Yeah, and I thought the next line, the one about how she realized it was just so that she could bring her, it wasn't necessarily to her, mm-hmm. it was so that she could make her, yep. what was the line? You just read it. Uh, yeah, to take me to the same dark place where she was. Yeah, and that, I thought that was so insightful because I thought mm-hmm. even just, not just mothers and daughters, this is what humans yeah. do to each other. This is yep. what men and women do in relationships, friends. Yep. You often say something to someone not because you want to hurt them, but because you want them to feel whatever your the hurt you're feeling or the yes. frustration or whatever. And I thought that was so true. I was like, yes. oh, that's what people do. Yes, yes, oh. yes. Okay, so from a lot of these bombshells, we know that Jessica has had a lot of fragile moments, but they didn't break her. Or if they did, she built herself back up bigger and better. She oh, built yeah. herself into a total baller. So that's our next segment, Jessica Simpson's baller moments. And she has a few. Yeah. The first one I wanted to talk about was, oh, is in connection with her divorce from Nick. Oh, yeah. This is right? like a number one. Her dad is really fighting hard against Nick and, and, and their divorce settlement. And he doesn't want to give Nick more money than he has to. And Jessica finally steps in. She says, what's the number? I don't even care what the number is. Stop. Just give him the money. He deserves the money, she says. Her dad balks and says, no way, no how. And she says, this is for my freedom, and you can't put a price on that. Do it. Mm-hmm. So the dad goes back and and gives in, and, and Jessica, sensing he, she's disappointed him, she says to her father, I'll make it back, I said. I promise I'll make it back. And then I did. Give or take a Billion. Billion with, with a, a B. B. Yes. 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 It was awesome. Right? Which she did. Give or take yes. a billion. A billion. I love mm-hmm. that. You know, and even when she went into the marriage, there was no prenup because he was the one making mm-hmm. the money. He yep. was in the successful boy band. Yeah. And she said everybody thought that, you know, it was my dad who got involved with the prenup or whatever. And in both of these decisions, it was her. She yep. told Nick, I won't sign a prenup. And then... At the divorce, she, she gave told him, her dad, yep. give him the money. Yeah. I'll make it back, you know? And yeah. as, as controlling as her father was, and mm-hmm. she doesn't deny that. I mean, he yep. was in so many ways. At those two pivotal moments, she's making it clear that was her who made those decisions. Yeah, she definitely has a pattern of stepping up in that way. You know, I think she'll let someone be controlled in all the areas. And I, frankly, it seems she needs someone to be in control in all the areas that don't really matter to her. But then when push comes to shove and she gets to that point, she does not back down. She's like, this is how it's going to be. I will say that I have discounted Jessica Simpson's entrepreneurial Oh right sense a hundred percent yeah like doesn't she make some shoes yeah whatever and some oh, and some i was wrong <laughs> not interesting clothes like whatever yeah yeah where are they even sold yes. I, yeah, apparently yeah. lots of places <laughs> yes and i think i even knew about the extent of it but i was like oh big deal she just i mean and she does talk about she's very honest she doesn't do a lot of the nitty-gritty work her mom does a lot of it her mom right. has you know the taste she doesn't do a lot of the business stuff either mm-hmm. but there is something and maybe that's almost what makes her better than all of the others because she just has this like intuition and this gut about what is has her name on it what's out there what needs yeah. to be out there and 
it has let her really succeed. She says this on page 258, a lot of celebrities crash and burn with clothing lines, mainly because they let their pride get in the way. And that's the other thing. I was like, lots of celebrities get clothing lines and none of Jessica Simpson is a is a whole empire, right? Yeah, completely. So it's not I can discount it in the realm of like did she come up like sewing clothes, you know, in a poor neighborhood? Yeah. No, but but has she really gone above and beyond her peers? She has. And yes, there's completely. no denying that there's something real there something yeah yeah to well, res- because she's she and she talks about this and I think this is 100% why she makes clothes for real women because yes. she has experienced a million different sizes let's be honest she's yo-yoed yeah. she talks about yeah. her weight and 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 her struggles with that she talks about her having big boobs since she yeah. was little and how mm-hmm. uncomfortable but that was but more importantly how she couldn't wear certain things and yep. from an early age had to dress a certain way then she got pregnant and she realized there were terrible maternity clothes yes. and she just always was sort of had that in mind like what would a what would I want to wear and what yep. wouldn't I want things in a lot of different sizes and she started you know realizing not everyone of course is a size six or whatever right so I think that that she's always had her finger it seems like on the pulse of you know the regular woman which yes. has served her clearly better than a lot of her peers yes and she says it she says it right after that sentence she says uh, the celebrities they either try to sell something that isn't like anything in their Dior stuffed closet so it's right. so out of touch with, with what is truly wearable or they try to do super high-end sample sizes at $400 each. Well, I don't need the price tag on something with my name on it to be high just so I feel fancy. And she mm-hmm. admits she wears lots of designer oh, clothes, yeah. but that what she makes is for a much wider audience. And, right. and her the price. Yeah, and her lack of ego is what makes her so incredibly successful. Right. It's yeah. very smart. Yes. And she goes out in the stores a lot, I think, mm-hmm. and that helps her. It seems like she, her She's getting real, yes, and yeah. real feedback and real connection with, with her people who are buying it, right. which I right. thought that was very sort of humble and down to earth, like relatable that she understood that, right, that she understood her perspective. And then she drops another bomb right after that. She was like, oh, and by the way, another reason why I kill it when other people don't, I signed a non-compete clause. And I'm like, look at her. Yes, exactly. And she's like, I don't want, she signed when, she made Vince sign one. I didn't want Vince to be able to sign with other celebrities without asking me. I'm not giving up floor space and department stores to some pop star or reality TV person can launch a line. Loved that. Yep, that was So, so smart. Yeah, it's not just like, well, I'll sell anything to anyone. It was also like, well, I'm also have someone like taking care of my business needs and when her when her poor husband was supposed to go to the wharton yes university of pennsylvania business school right on that was my that was my last one in this i totally agree yes so when her and eric are just starting to get really serious he was accepted to wharton wharton is one of the top business schools in the country less than a 10 percent acceptance rate and he gets in and he wants to go and so she's like, okay, she's she doesn't say anything. She's very reserved, and this is, and to her credit, 
this was his plan before he met her. So yeah. she couldn't and they come in. Married yet, right? And it right. Was, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So it had always been his plan before he met Jessica, but he was starting to have reservations on his own. And when he finally expressed that he was concerned and maybe that this wasn't what he needed to do, she says on page 343, I have a GED and my business yeah. just cleared 750 million, I said. We're closing in on a billion and trending up. A GED. You don't need to go to Wharton. You can hire someone who went to Wharton. Baller. Like mic drop. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Right? And then didn't he say, that? great, I'll go to the Jessica Simpson School of Business or something. He did. But but it's so, yeah, because he actually says he thought long and hard about it. And he spoke to coaches and and counselors and he confided in them. And then he does. He comes back and he says, all right, he told me I'm going to the Jessica Simpson's business school. (laughs) So good. So he so doesn't good. work or we don't know what he does. I mean, why would he? I, I don't know what he does. I'm sure I he do. does. Okay. I, I got to imagine a person like that with his upbringing. You yeah. know, I, I to have Yale. to. Ima- yeah, I have to yeah, imagine he does a lot. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what he. But I Other can't imagine yoga and Tai yes, Chi. Yes, exactly. Whatever, <laughs> exactly. So this seems like a perfect segue into yes. the into the boys of Jessica Simpson's life. Oh my gosh! And this baller boys. Oh, oh, this is where she really drops some dirt, right? There's just so many boys. What it is is that she has so many juicy stories about boys. It's not just she like does. it's not that she dated 500 people or well, she, no. she leaves it out how many yeah, she had in that, in that year. Post divorce, I yeah, bet there's she a went large crazy. number. But she, but that's not what what's really interesting. What's really interesting is the juicy stories, which she has more than her fair share. I will say. Yeah, that's for sure. So the Nick stuff. The Nick stuff. Start. Yeah, I know. Well, obviously, they were on a reality TV show for two years. So there was a lot out there about them. But then seeing behind the scenes, I, in in hindsight, it really makes me wonder if Nick and Jessica ever had a chance. Um, on page 172, she's talking about yeah. when they were engaged and he would, would criticize her. Mm-hmm. Then her mom would jump in and be on Nick's side and then her dad would be on her side it's like this big family fight but she also admits she says trust me I was no angel I had upped my dosage of diet pills and was eating even less to be super thin for the wedding speedy and hungry I was easy to set off Nick and I developed a reliable cycle he would criticize me for something small and I would blow it up to make it something larger in our relationship or the pressure I was under in my career He would feel attacked and raise his voice, and then I would say, screw you, and pout like a child. Nick would then resolve the issue by being the grown-up in the room. Rinse, repeat. I now know I have an addictive personality, so I am especially prone to falling into patterns. Thank you, therapy. But then she goes on to say, gosh, I I I loved him. him. I couldn't wait to marry him. I mean, it, it was... Clearly, it was complicated, right? It, it was, was. It had so many of these negative patterns that they just couldn't break out out of. But there seemed to be a lot of love there, and I think that's what drew us to them. Why MTV wanted to put cameras in front of them and make a show out of their lives. Yes. 
Um, but I think I thought that that newlyweds must have ruined them. And I agree with you that now that I've read this, you're right. Did they have a chance anyway? Uh, yes. There was a lot of other red flags. Yes. Clearly being on that show did not help. It no. exacerbated it. But she had kind of said that, that it, the show had just put a magnifying glass on it. But we hadn't seen it. And in this book, she really gives it to us. She really lets us see it, too, that it was... And- screwed from the start yeah and that age difference of course I knew it at the time too but it's it's really significant when you think about when she well she was so young when she met him and she was 18 and and right she was 18 and he was 26 yeah and I think she looked up to him she says like she said like I didn't want to outshine him because he just because that just wasn't what I knew. He seemed so much older than me, my guide and everything. I wanted mm-hmm. him to feel like he could show me all that he knew about the business, about the world. And I think their dynamic started that way with him as like the older, wise one. And then as she got older and learned herself about the business, she the dynamic flipped and it just then she was the one sort of outshining him and they wanted her on interviews or covers instead of him and he was the more successful at the time but then that flipped and the whole thing just I don't know I I don't know yeah I but some of that I wonder you know so one of the clips that I had watched was their one-year anniversary and she had talked about her their anniversary in the book and how it was like a farce and and I was like thinking to myself I mean, this is, he looks like the bad guy. He really does. But I was also thinking now that I know she's carrying on this emotional affair with Johnny Knoxville at this moment. You can tell she's kind of not present. She's not in it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if we had known that then, I don't think I would have felt as bad for her. Just like pull the ripcord, lady. (laughs) Like, Yeah, completely. But at the time I was like, she's kind of in this bad relationship, but... I don't know. It's it's chicken or the egg thing again, but still, it's it it wasn't as clear. This is a much fuller picture when you put together the whole timeline of everything that's going on and how it's shaking out. So I do wonder how much of it was that his wife now has a pretty great career. She definitely makes more money oh, no, than he I does. So yeah, I no, wonder I even if that was a thing or if that's just how Jessica interpreted it because she was right. kind of just not in it. Yeah, true. Although and, he went into his wife re- relationship with his new wife with them sort of starting off as equals. I think the with Jessica started so lopsided what? but and changed. Wait, Vanessa? What she was just a TRL host then. Now oh, she, that that's now true. she's she much more successful. In, she was just in his music video. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. was literally the girl in his I music know, video. Which I kinda yeah. love. Yeah. Although that what story. was he doing then? I mean, I don't know, but you're right. Yeah, he no, he certainly had more money because yes. he got a bunch from Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I Yeah, I don't think either one of them was uber famous. I mean, neither one of them were A list celebrities, but I think between the two of them, Vanessa was the unknown and nick was the quote-unquote celebrity and now she does a lot more than he does i don't know she definitely does yeah so that has to translate into money as well so but you're right jessica was really at that point having this emotional affair with johnny yeah and, and you know she said you know it sounded like she was sharing everything with him and yeah you know she said he believed in me and made me feel like i could do anything and so she had kind of just Yes. went 
to him for the emotional things that maybe Nick would have given her, but right. she had kind of blocked out by then. Yeah, and I wonder, I think she might be reading into Nick's reaction as more of her own and not saying that right. she had lost her guide, her someone to look up to. And maybe that was a big part of what she loved about Nick. And then when yeah. he wasn't, she kind of wasn't into it anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. She kept pointing out how much he didn't like her. Yes. I, like, you know, which I thought was interesting. Like, you know, she's like, he hated me or yes. he didn't like, we didn't like each other mm-hmm. anymore. Yep. I actually and, have. And that's, yeah. that's harsh. That That's, you know, a lot of people, to- I think. Yeah. Say they still like each other. They just don't feel in love. Anymore. Yes. She's just like, no, we just didn't like each other. Yeah. Or he didn't like me. I know. She does say that. So that's on page 240 when he is crying, crying. Yeah. Oh, Nick is in tears. She says she wants a divorce. And he says, she has this as a quote, which has to be a lot of liberty with this. I, there's no way she can remember the quotes. But anyway, it's, it is in quotes. And she says, he says, please don't leave me. I love you so much. And she says, love is not enough. If love was enough, I would stay forever. But it isn't enough. We have to like each other. We have to be friends. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she does talk a lot about how he doesn't like her and how he hates her. And, you know, but I, that made me that made me uncomfortable I will say because I know I can be cold and critical maybe as he is and I'm that way on the good days as well as the bad days and then on the bad days forget it you know right because it's just who I am I am very critical I'm so hard on myself and nobody knows how hard I am on myself because that's internal right but it also comes that I'm hard on other people too and yeah I again I might be projecting but I could definitely see people being like, oh, or my husband saying, like, you don't like me. And I'm like, I like you. I like you more than anyone else in the world. I like you and I love you and all of those things. So that's another thing where I wonder if she was just seeing that because he was so critical, critical and harsh and maybe could be cold. But that's just shit. That's just issues. That doesn't mean that's how he really felt. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. That I was mean- hard. Yeah, and then when they do get divorced and he does that breakup album. Yeah. With the video where he casts Vanessa. Yes, Uh uh-huh. And then they they meet back up again and he's like, gets all emotional. Mm -hmm. She says, but he was breaking down in front of the world. And again, I felt responsible. How many times are women made to feel responsible for the actions of men? I know that I wasn't, but back then it felt like I needed to fix him. And that was even after the divorce. Yeah. Like she still felt responsible. Of course, then she sleeps with him one last time. Yes. And she yeah. says, I could feel his hate. Yeah. Jeez. I know. Yikes. I don't know. <laughs> and but then Nick seems like the warmest, like most of, I don't yeah. know. I, he seems like a big mush. But. I, I wonder how, again, like that grace that she gave her mother, maybe that's what she was doing to him too. Like, she hated herself for getting into this marriage when maybe she shouldn't have or not being able to get out of it when she should have and for carrying on with other people the way she shouldn't yeah. have. And yeah, maybe she yeah. hated herself so much that that's all she saw in Nick. And she's projecting. Yeah. It. yeah. I mean, that's just, that's kind of what I read into it. But it's not, I mean, none of it's her fault, but I do think she was kind of sometimes a little harsh on him. 
And then she would go yeah. back and be like, I, I wish him well and blah, 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 which I also yeah, believed. Right. And I did think it was sincere. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's very cancer, by the way. <laughs> it's a very cancer yeah. quality to be like, you know, no, I wish you well. But also, why'd you hate me like that jerk? <laughs> like, Can't you just <laughs> settle on one side of those things? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I don't know what I would pay for Jessica Simpson's password. <laughs> to read I mean but the emails she talks about writing and receiving from multiple men yes so again she is a writer yes oh yeah oh yeah yeah and, and then yeah. John Mayer John, oh, Mayer. Getting to John Mayer we are and by the way this was the the reason I picked up the book that was the relationship I was most intrigued by and that I, I was most intrigued by it one I I don't know. I was going to say for a long time. I don't know that it ever really stopped. I am obsessed with John Mayer. That's what I was just going to ask you. Now, why? Is this because of... Tell me. I'm totally in love with him. I don't know. He's just everything I could want in... Wait. What? Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Yes. You're into him the way every... Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Your body is a wonderland. I mean, that was it for me. I don't care... cheesy did not even register for me i oh. do not care i am so, so into it and also i am not go ahead no he's so funny he i i don't know if you follow him now i follow him now he's really funny he's really smart and by the way reading this book only made me know for sure like i we're super compatible <laughs> oh my god Corinne. totally a hundred percent. Holy shit. Yes. I'm horrified what? right now. Really? Yes. Because what I was going to say yes. is you had me until you said reading this book oh, solidified totally. it for you. Totally. I was going to say, I hope now nope. you see no. what a fucking manipulative no. person he is. Manipulative? So, I don't see that at all. Well, you don't think he was messing with her? No. I mean, no. that's her conclusion. I now, don't. Maybe you're going to tell me why. So here's what I thought you were gonna say. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm somewhere in between. Well, okay. So when Body is a Wonderland came out, I was with you. Okay. I thought super dreamy. Yes. I did not think it was cheesy yeah. in the beginning. I think everybody loved him. I yes. thought. No. But then, the more he started dating these women and these like a Taylor Swift or KP and them talking really about what came out of those for me was this guy does something to women and it's not good. I mean, it's yeah. they leave wounded yeah. in such a way that he I just Wait, can I just stop you there before you her. yeah before you yeah. go go find any of my exes <laughs> I oh, guarantee Jesus. they would say this that I okay. that I do that to people that I leave them wounded and it's not I don't treat I don't manipulate someone I don't you know but I am mercurial I am critical I am hard I am smart I am I am a lot of things. Well, those are good things, but he's. She's saying he no. broke up with her repeatedly just so he could get material. Uh, right? I don't that's, know if that's true. No, I was just going to say. Are you going to say maybe that's not true? But if you take what she said is true, you wouldn't agree that that's not manipulating someone or being destructive to them or using them in a bad way. The yeah. attributes you just mentioned, I don't. But I'm guarantee you, go find an ex of mine that will say she used me for this or she took she took this she from me. She messed with me. Yes, Basically, and left me, me wounded. Yeah, and See, also, I... by the way, 
again with the addictive patterning and all that i mean i can't tell you how many times i've gone back to old boyfriends i mean well, the, so right. well that back that and I forth that, especially when you're young okay. back and forth back and forth totally, back and forth totally. so she sees that as manipula- manipulative and needing new material but what if it's just like you can't quit it like I, it's not well, that she's simple. sexual napalm yes she, she was yes. infatuated with her you're, you're, you're absolutely right in that sense i guess he would admit that he was addicted yes, to her in, yes. in that way yeah. and couldn't help but go back. I guess it depends. That's they what I think. I mean, let's be honest. Forth. There's no we way he went back to her for material. He has never been that gung-ho. His his career has always taken a very steady track. He doesn't. He didn't ever seem to want to be, you know, One Direction or Harry Styles. or He never wanted. I don't think he would use someone for material. He could find material. I think he couldn't well, get away from her. He couldn't stop. How about Taylor Swift? See, what would she say about him? Well, she did. She wrote a song, Dear John. I know. Yeah. I know. I don't. That's I don't. Yeah. He does something to people. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you. Uh, that's what I'm saying. All of my ex boyfriends yeah, would say the same thing. But I just know from the other side, and I don't invalidate. Jessica or Taylor or any of my ex-boyfriends but you know me you know it's not that simple there's I'm not some maniacal like twirling my fingers you know no how can I hurt people and how can I I damage people from him either see but I'm my only point is I read that book and I would think I would stay away from this person oh no not me not like not let me run towards run to the (laughs) belly because because I'd I would love to see who would well, win for. From I him was just going to say you would do it because bring it on. Yes. Whereas I read this and thought, oh yeah, no, this guy just just put red cones around him. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is she wrote. I was a pet bird. He would throw me into the sky and watch me catch air and soar long enough that it meant something when he pulled a gun from his back pocket to shoot me down, expertly aiming to graze a wing, never a kill shot Mm -hmm. to end the misery. Brutal. Damn. So brutal. brutal. So brutal. Holy shit. And it goes on about him standing over wounded. Yes. (laughs) Holy shit. She uses some very intense metaphors for him. Like also let's, let's stabbing. Right, let's say this about him, right? He leaves. He certainly leaves an indelible mark yes. on the women he's yes. with, which I guess you're saying is something. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But what's I don't know. To me, I look, and I know this is somewhat self-serving of a statement, but what's wrong with that? I think people don't have enough like great love stories to talk about. People's relationships are very I boring guess. and ho hum. No, so I, I I guess I like them without all the oh this is gonna sound so ridiculous I like them without all the hurt yeah well <laughs> just, there's to have the hard. really high highs you're gonna have the I lows know. and yeah and but on. I I did want to highlight though in the beginning there was she yeah. says it was very evenly matched in on page 261 she says there was a lot of give and take I saw him combing his hair and told him not to bother so she's telling him how to do his hair and he listened mm-hmm. to her and he didn't yeah. by the way I hated that phase I don't know what she's attracted to but I thought he looked yeah. like so terrible this is the only time yeah. I thought he was not doing it for me and she goes on to say he would ask me for advice on outfits and then he would wear something she picked out and it would make her mm-hmm. feel proud yeah. Emotionally, the connection was so strong. There was a lot of good. She 
is very even though I think she goes a little too far into her own perspective, which what else can she really do? She right. is very fair about talking about the good times too. She's never like, it was all bad and he's a monster. She does not paint anybody out to be a bad guy, really. Just Oh no, and I think his charm, she makes clear that he he can get a, he's charming and, and you have a whole, he has a hold over people too. Like his, her family loved hanging yes. out with him. That got a little weird. Yes. When they were like broken up and yes. she's with Tony Romo, but yes. her parents are like, we just love him. Yes. He brings his guitar yes. and it's awesome. Oh my God. And you're right, you can see that. people falling yes. under his spell. Uh-huh. He's charismatic and yeah, that, that whole singer songwriter thing. Oh I get God. you. Totally. I'm, I'm with you. With the bodies of Wonderland. Yes. <laughs> so that, that whole part. Album. <laughs> and when she blamed him sort of for like blame, breaking up with Tony Romo, I thought that was bullshit. It's like yeah. you broke up with Tony Romo because obviously you still felt an attraction and a pull towards John Mayer. And all right, so when you ran to him, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not that into you." Yeah. But <laughs> you, you broke up with Tony Romo because you wanted to break up Tony Romo. Right. Like. Let's not blame yeah. John Mayer because you also didn't want to be like the quarterback wife. Yeah. It's funny that I see her alternately taking too much responsibility. Like, again, what you had, the line you had talked about with Nick about how she felt responsible. And then also gives too much. Enough. No, she gives too much oh. blame. She's oh, like, yeah. you know, like like this idea that she's a bird and he shoots her wing. I mean, that's a that's a harsh or saying over and over how Nick didn't like her and hated her and just dis, there's disdain. Right. I think she What about how she said like a lot of her friends warned her not to write this about John Mayer and like oh. like like he might do something bad. Oh. Like I thought that was a little yeah. Like, well, what's he? John Mayer doesn't seem like a violent <laughs> type to me. I no, mean. he doesn't. But he could say, you know, he could give an interview. Uh, I yeah, also he's thought a little bit less relevant right now. You know what I mean? Like, he I is, I guess. I he is. He's always had his niche, though. And I follow him, and he is strong in his niche. Like people love him. Yeah, yeah. love yeah. him. So then Jessica talks about when things started to kind of fall apart on page 262 where I felt insecure in the beginning was that I always felt I was falling short of the potential that he saw in me I constantly worried that I wasn't smart enough for him he was so clever and treated conversation like a friendly competition that he had to win by the way that's how I am he would get going riffing from one subject to another so quickly that I would get lost one minute he'd be explaining the start of his Rolex collection and then another he was on to another a a collector that he was jealous of, and then the nature of jealousy, and then the construct of time and the heft of the watch on your wrist. And she just would get lost and feel it. By the way, that that is literally how I have conversations. And I can't tell you, Ian, my husband will tell you how many times I've talked about the construct of time. And (laughs) yeah, so then that and that will probably that conversation probably started with like the grocery store. So yeah, right. exactly. that's how my brain works. It goes like that. So I and she is yeah. this the one where she with him where she had to have people like proofread her yes. texts and emails before because yes. she was so self conscious yes. about whether she was going to sound smart enough. Yes, so that you, just sounds exhausting. It does. I don't think I would have done that, but you can see how it just really wasn't working. And another part, the downside of quote unquote being seen. On 271, she says, yeah, I wrote him. So one of the times they got back together and she was happy that he took her back. 
I wrote him a gushing letter thanking him for realizing I was worthy of love, and it breaks my heart to see how I practiced the wording in my journal. She says, I promise to be myself as I search to become the woman you already see. I can't even, and then she goes on to say, I can't even believe the acrobatics of promising to remain true to yourself while becoming the person someone wants you to be. I know. I remember that line. Yeah. I wasn't thinking out of it in the context of our favorite theme. Of yeah. Because I wonder if that's what John would say. I saw her. I really saw her. And then she oh, would say, I'm just keeping, I'm just always trying to keep up with him seeing me. Right. That that, it was in, oh my God, I was in Luckiest Girl Alive. What was the teacher's name? What is wrong with my uh, brain? Yeah. Um, Mr. Larson. Yes. And I said that it wasn't just that he saw her. It was sort of taking our theme to one step further which is he saw the person she could be mm -hmm. and you're right I never thought that that could be a burden on the person yeah. meaning Jessica could have felt pressure that to try and live up to what he, he was saw seeing in her and it was she either wasn't ready or couldn't do it and that could that could be overwhelming yeah and you're right be mental acrobats yeah and, so, and he would say like in the nicest possible way but I see this in you and mm -hmm. and he means it in a good way but it could be too much pressure on the other person yeah and I try to live up to and again if I'm projecting me as John Mayer here I guarantee I mean I know I did this to my husband I'm so glad he is not Jessica Simpson I don't know what to say but <laughs> when he lives up to the thing I see and then I know he can yeah I push it farther I'm like well now what are you gonna do next like Oh, now right. I see even more of a vision. And so I can imagine that John was continually upping that. And she felt like she was always scrambling to... Oh, gosh. To, and the other person, you or John Mayer, thinks yeah. they're just being yes, good. Yes, exactly. Good. And seeing, yes. seeing somebody so clearly. You would view this as a positive thing. Like, I would. I just know you could do this. Oh, my yes. gosh. I could totally see yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's a lot for the other person. I guess. That's why I'm grateful my husband hangs in there. I guess, well, so if I'm going to break that, break my kind of joking parallel, it is, but I'm stretching it a little bit. The difference for me, and I don't know if this about John and Jessica, the difference for me is if my husband did nothing different. I, I mean, he, in fact, stayed in one place where he was miserable for a long time, even though I could totally see his next step. And I would tell him sometimes what I saw. I never pushed it. And I never, like, I didn't care. I, I actually thought, this is for you, truly. I, right. I'm right. working on myself. I'm doing my shit. I don't need right. you to. But if you are interested and you don't seem happy here, here's another perspective. Here's, here's yeah. some more ideas. Let me open up your mind a little bit. But I didn't care if he did or didn't. I didn't, wouldn't feel any, I wouldn't love him any less. I wouldn't feel any differently. Right. So maybe that was something that they didn't have. Yeah, and that maybe. could really make, that could make the tone all different from seeing yeah. to expecting. Right. right, right. And that would be, that, that would carry a much heavier weight. Yes. Yeah. But I was just saying this. Again, with the dramatics, the same. I love that you brought the bird one. And then for one that stood out for me was the knife metaphor. She says, yeah, did, he, did he repeatedly stab me in the heart or did I just keep running into the knife he aimed at yeah. me? And I'm like, oh boy. She See, this is what I'm saying. She takes too much responsibility and gives too much blame. She just goes over the top 
in both directions. But I respect that. I love it, frankly. It makes a great book. And I, yeah. she's never playing victims. Yes. She's totally over the top. Yes. In everything. Yes, she is. Right? Yes. I mean, her, it just the way she lives her life. So it, it stands to reason emotionally she would be. Yes. Extremes yeah. as well. Yes. And I mean, I love it. I, I, got a real kick out of it. It's why she has a 400-page memoir. And then the last boy. Yes. Do you have more on John Mayer? No, no. On to Eric. Eric. Yeah. Eric is an enigma, Eric. Yes. All I knew of Eric Johnson was vaguely that he was not an NFL star or a legend, but that he had a solid career with the 49ers, the Saints, Uh after playing college football at Yale. That was it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, but I will make one step further that yeah. I even assumed that because of that, that he was just like a hanger on, that he just like, I didn't think he had a job now. And he was yeah. just like oh, the trophy husband. Interesting. In okay. I just thought he was a pretty face and sure. she, former athlete. And that was it. And they made cute babies. I, yeah. I, that, I thought it so, wasn't even like I knew uh, so little about him. I actually prejudged him in the in the negative way. Now, I can see that. The only reason I didn't is because, one, in financial services where I work, we often hire a lot of ex-athletes. We have baseball players, football players. Mm-hmm. And also, one of my friends from high school is married to a professional football player. And they... I, I just know, I don't know what it is in the water. Some of them go down a different road, but the ones that really do well for themselves do go down a deep kind of spiritual path and they get really deep and they're really good at what they do. They care a lot. They have a lot of discipline. So I I had a different point of view, but it wasn't a strong one because I don't know those people so well that it, you know, Mm -hmm. that I can really, but I did have a different point of view. I know that I could see. Yeah. So but I certainly didn't know these other aspects right, of him. Right, right. Yeah, so we were in for some some big stuff. The whole way they met, not the way they met, maybe their first night, that was shocking to me, that they had sex. The, the woman who waits to have sex for the first time mm-hmm. yeah. to her wedding day has sex with her husband, now her, the guy she marries, on the first day. No, that was a very different Jessica Simpson. So amazing. So amazing. (laughs) And and she, you know, she talks about how they talked all night and they really had this connection. And he had mentioned the night before that he was going to see Marianne Williamson. I love that. Yes. I can't even. Yes. And she says, 337, I was dead asleep in bed, so he left a note on a paper towel in the kitchen next to the three of spades I pulled from a magician. The note read, Jessica, I had to leave early. Thanks for having me over last night. We'll call text later. Eric. And she says, this guy just left Jessica Simpson naked in bed to go see Marianne Williamson. Williamson. Right? And then then it keeps going because he does text but she wants to meet him sober and, and very low-key. And she invites him over to watch the American Idol finale with me uh, with her on Wednesday. And he says he can't come because he has a yoga teacher training that I night. Know. She's like, again, who, who is, is this guy? guy? Yeah. So he was incredibly surprising how complicated and how layered and dimensional he was, which... Oh, now it just completely. seems so perfect for them, right? And then 
I had talked about this in the quick cap, how I had gone back to the acknowledgments and she had written that Eric was her sexual shaman. But she really yeah. gets into this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So on page 342, she's talking about how very early on in their relationship, it was her birthday and she flew him to, I don't Italy with her and all of her friends. And she makes a wish on her birthday cake. And she says, later in our room, I sat on the bed and watched Eric do half naked. She says, I loved him. She says, I want, I know you're not supposed to tell your wishes, but I want, I can't keep my mouth shut about this one and it could scare you off. But I wished for a baby girl and I would like to make that happen with you. He leaned over and kissed me. Our sex was always powerful because we were both very present in our bodies. But that night it was spiritually explosive. That kind of love that makes miracles happen. I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Shocking. Can I give me some of that? Yeah. Shocking on every level. My God. Yeah. I'll have what she's having. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Seriously, yes. though. I mean, the way she talks about this. Yeah. Her sexual shaman. I mean, and even just that she would say that to him. Right. Which shows her openness. Yes. And, and vulnerability with him. I mean, they're not even married. And she's like. They're like barely you know. dating. They were dating for yeah. a very brief period of time. I think it's like a month or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's crazy. She really has quite a few examples of that, of their kind of crazy sexual chemistry and spiritual. But I mean, he seems like. In other ways, you know, like I said, he gave up drinking mm-hmm. when she gave up drinking. So he seems very supportive. There was that scene where her dad was, you know, being her dad and, and, and she's pregnant. And she's supposed to go in and have her first child. And he decides to tell her that oh. he's getting a, he's divorcing her mother. Yes. And, you know, he just he's very needy at times. And like there was that scene where Eric like stepped in and was just like, like, you need to deal with yourself right now. Like she yes. needs, doesn't have the energy for you. Okay. Yeah. And like I could just see him being very calming and like back off yeah. and protective of her. So I don't know. He sees he's really, he did surprise me and he really changed in my view from what I had, you know, thought of him. Yes. And they just seem like a really good match. They seem to be, you know, from what you can get from this, that they, they seem to just be really well balanced. They have yeah. that right balance of compatibility and opposites, like one filling the other person's need, which I think is the, the real good recipe for a marriage. But, but they really did everything backwards. I mean, having sex the first night and then not, and they don't get married until they've had two kids and, but, yeah, but they get yeah. engaged and then she wants to have kids right away. It's just, they did and then she just got pregnant again and yes. so then there were two so close yes uh, i really liked hearing where their names came from i had no idea that they were so meaningful for their families that yeah that me neither yeah that the daughter maxwell drew is a combination of their mother's maiden names that mm-hmm. his mom's maiden name is maxwell and her mom's is drew and it's maxwell drew right. and then the boy ace newt is their grandfather's names i know I, which i thought again when i'd heard that like oh another celebrity name no some weird yes. name ace but yeah no and i can't i don't have the page in front of me which stinks but also with Birdie. I thought they went oh. off the reservation with Birdie and just named her whatever. But that also w- was a very specific family name. 
Yeah, and it was Bertie, like B E R T I E. Yes, that's right. Her grandmother, Bertie, but still. Yeah, and, yeah. She's so she's so cute. That little one. Yeah, <laughs> pudgy cheeks. Oh, Bertie. But yeah, 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 and Bertie, and how she talks about Bertie, basically saving her because she kind of came after. Yes. She sort of dealt with all her demons. Yes. And it was really a surprise. Yes. Just interesting stuff she didn't have to talk about she didn't have to add that I mean really people could have would would have just bought this book for the John Mayer and the and the Nick Lachey kind of gossip and she really I don't she just really put it all out there and I I was impressed I really was yeah I was too and I when you said we should read this I was like yeah (laughs) but now I've been telling others to read it yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. I love it. I don't know if you want to talk about what, what you thought was missing from the book. I, I don't know that I felt anything missing from the book, but what's missing from my mind is I do want to know some of the things we've talked about. I would like to hear Nick Lachey's account of a lot of those things. And I definitely would love to know John Mayer's account of oh. a lot of those. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Oh events oh and, I would love that of yeah. course they asked Nick Lachey recently in an interview once this came out you know what yeah did he read it whatever oh I hate the the regular old answers well no of course I haven't read it yeah I wish her well blah blah I'm like yeah. come on yeah but and I, do you really think that he doesn't read it I can't I, I wouldn't read it I wouldn't I don't know if I were him I, I definitely know. would not but you shouldn't but I don't know if I could hold myself back I wouldn't I wouldn't even be interested I but what I what what I would do, and now I, what I want them to do, I would write my own, and I don't even I wouldn't even I would purposely not read hers, and then I would right, write right. my own. Just this is my account of what happened during those times and those years. And well, John Mayer's would be a memoir would be a million oh, times Jesus. more interesting. Yes. Oh my God! Yes. I mean, he, he Jessica Simpson would just be one of many in his story. Yes. Uh, whereas Nick, you know, would just be. It would be interesting to hear his perspective on Jessica, but I think John's would be a much more interesting. Movie. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Obviously for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be number one oh at God. the public library totally. trying to get that one. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about Ashley. I don't know why. I just felt like her sister, you know, there's some in there. It's all very sweet and her little sister and she wants to protect yeah. her. But I don't know. From my understanding of what I've read over the years, I think maybe it's really that I want to hear Ashley Simpson's side of what right. it's like to be. Well, that's Ashley Simpson. Exactly. That's that couldn't have been was... easy being that little sister. Yeah. And in her shadow. And yes. she's talked about that a little bit before. And then she tried to be a musician and singer. Then she tried to have a reality show. It just seemed yep. like she was always in her shadow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I really would like to just hear her yeah. story. And it, and it wasn't appropriate here. It's exactly. Not right. Tell. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like her dad's sexuality, which is sort of referenced in here that he has a male friend that he bring brought to her wedding and whatnot. But she's been asked about that, too. And she's yeah. like, that's not my story to tell. Like right. That, well, he, but he has come out and said many years ago, even went at that. Yeah. That that's his client and yeah you know mm-hmm. it's and yes. that he's dating a woman and, but I do right. wonder even I mean I don't care whether he's gay or right. not but what I am interested in is whether 
if he was, he felt like he could say it. I can imagine that given his pastor roots and again, Texas mm-hmm. and conservative, yeah. religious, you know, in, in that, that really that Christian style that's, that is much more kind of harsh and judgmental. I could imagine that even if he was gay, he could never, he would never feel like he could, could admit it or say it. And that to me is what's sad. I don't care yeah. whether he's gay yeah. or not, but that is, I think, really sad to just, just, he'll just die living someone else's right. life. And that would be right. devastating to me. So that's yeah. the only reason I hope he's not is because I, I hope know. he's having some sort of life for himself that's somewhat true. But Right, right. Because that's harsh. But again, those are other people's yeah, stories, I yeah. guess, that we want to hear. And in here, you're right. This was all just supposed to be her story. Yeah, I yes, I agree. And in fact, I was kind of... I didn't, I almost didn't want any Ashley at all in there. Like there's a couple of times when she has moments with her, but she is really good about, and I think this is again, probably what a ghostwriter really helped her with was keeping her perspective. And she does always really stay in her own perspective. And that was a moment where she was like, just really proud of Ashley. And she talks about it very much through her own eyes, through her own lens. She doesn't speculate a lot about what it is like to be Ashley or whatever even though it's right. it's kind of laced in there yeah, um, yeah that she keeps to her own perspective which I think goes right and by the way she had enough to talk about <laughs> without yeah exactly without going into that but yeah and her whole families I, I, I want a documentary or something because both of her parents her mom I want to know more about her and her mom her and her dad and then mm-hmm. her, and her sister and there's a lot there's a lot. There is, I can't believe there there's so much left unsaid with 400 pages of right, her right. memoir. <laughs> I had so much more uh, on the babies, and I'm like, no, we're not going to even get to this. Because we have a lot. Yes, yes. We want to let you know we've launched a Patreon page where supporters can receive perks like bonus episodes and exclusive content. Because Pop Fiction Women is our passion project, a place where we give women space to show up and offer in-depth analysis in the ways we're used to hearing about male creators and their characters. We delve into creativity and psychology with a dash of astrology, and we have so much fun doing it. Just two friends breaking down books, movies, and shows like Normal People, Fleabag, and I May Destroy You. Every single aspect of this podcast we do ourselves, from the preparation to the recording, from the editing to the social media promotion. So we're adding a Patreon platform because we want to keep making the show you love and hopefully expand it even further. So please consider becoming one of our most complicated fans and contributing on Patreon. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash pop fiction women. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows, and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at popfictionwomen.com or on Twitter at pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love, or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.